0: I'm Alex Zane, and this episode is brought to you by Odeon. Tis the season for giving. And yes, new socks feel nice, a new jumper feels snug, but if you really want to treat a loved one this Christmas, there's no better gift than that cinema feeling sinking into comfy seats, absorbing spectacular surround sound while being immersed in crystal clear imagery. It's a feeling like no other. And you can gift that cinema feeling to a lucky loved one with an Odeon gift card. Pick one up at your nearest Odeon or online and cover someone's snacks, drinks, cinema tickets, or all three. And best of all, no wrapping up. Odeon say, we make movies better, so why not make a fellow film lover's Christmas better too? Tis the season after all. Also, just before we head to our fantastic virtual cinema, how would you like a pair of tickets to head to a fantastic and very real Odeon cinema? Because the lovely people at Odeon have handed us a pair of tickets to give away every show. So, if you'd like the chance to head to your nearest Odeon and enjoy a movie, all you need to do is leave us a review. I'll explain more at the end of the show, but congratulations to this week's winner, Matty Wu, 72 who got in touch on Instagram where we're at Trip to Movies Pod. after listening to Paul Walterhauser on last week's episode declare his fondest movie memory to be watching home alone matty Wu says what a brilliant guy and interview amazing actor to boot also home alone is better than home alone 2. number two has the great new york setting but is basically a rehash in my opinion sir Cheers, Matty Wu. Drop us an email to triptomovies at gmail.com and we'll send you your Odeon Cinema tickets. More details at the end of the show if you'd like to get a pair of tickets for yourself. Also, don't forget the full Paul Walter Hauser video interview is on our Patreon, along with all the other interviews from every guest. Just check out our a Trip to the Movies Patreon. Finally, for all the latest news and clips from the show, we're on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok at trip to movies Pod. All right, back to this episode. If you're ready, let's do this. Hello and welcome to A Trip to the Movies, the podcast where each week a special guest takes us on an incredible journey as they curate their perfect night out at our fantastic virtual cinema. This week we're joined by a brilliant comedian who created the hilarious character Lee Nelson. He's a professional hoaxer who has pulled pranks on everyone from Kanye West to Donald Trump has been arrested five times for his efforts. He's also a trained doctor and in recent years began performing stand-up under his own name to huge critical acclaim. He's currently on tour with his hugely successful show, Screwed Up. Taking us on today's trip to the movies, it's the supremely talented Simon Brodkin. Hey! Hey! That was a bloody
1: brilliant introduction, mate. Obviously, content-wise was good, but voice and feeling...
2: (laughs) <laughs>
1: was amazing i sometimes give p because you, you do a corporate gig and they're like so like kind of who are you what should we say about you and you go well, you can just mention a couple of these things television bits or pranks and then they come out and they go we are honored to uh have as well good uh lee nelson prank and it's just like so that thank you mate i felt that even if you didn't
0: Oh, mate, no worries. So I was just saying before we start recording, I think, and this is, where, this is where it's a test of the memory uh, more than anything else, I think the last time we gigged together was at least 10 years ago, maybe longer. But did you once do a gig at the Enterprise upstairs, Chalk Farm, one of Hills Jago's gigs? Amazing, mate. At, you were Hills Jago's
1: just darling. Just darling. <laughs> and I know that because I went around to her house once and she had several uh, photos of you over her. Wall, her the bed bedsheets um, was, 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 was Alex Zayn bed bedsheet. It was amazing. Yeah, you oh. were. She loved you, mate. I've got a cat in here in case look, I've got.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Who's this? Yeah, a, a, a new, a new uh, addition to the house. This is Bob and uh, his brother, Marley, is upstairs uh, uh, asleep. So if you have occasionally hear squeaking, that's, that's not a child. I don't want you to think I'm a terrible dad, which, you know, this, I'm, a, I'm a, a, love,
0: a loving pet owner. That's amazing. Uh, for our audio listeners uh, who can't see this video, uh, it, it was not a child. It was a cat uh, that you just held up. How long have you had both cats? Are they both new or is it just one that's new? They're both new. They're brothers. They,
1: um, the tail is both, um, as love often is. There's ups and there's downs. Mm. There will be a movie made undoubtedly about this one day, but their um, cousin, uh, Lenny, who we had previously, um, he, he died, he, oh. he died. And um, as in all good movies, we need a redemption moment. And the third and final and beautiful act is that we have now got these these amazing, uh, we've got now two of them, two, two brothers. We just had Lenny before, Family was grief stricken when he went missing and eventually found, um, but not good news found. And so, yeah, we've got these two little little fellas. Are you, are you a pet fan yourself?
0: I am a pet fan. I've always had cats up until my most recent um, addition to the family, which is a, a, a very large whippet called Simon. Um, but <laughs> no, no one prepares you for how many strangers you have to talk to when you've got a dog. Uh, it's, I that's thought that the- was the point of getting
1: a dog, mate. I thought that was why people got a dog.
0: Yeah, yeah. you'd think I'd have done some more research, but they, they require a, a, a lot of work. I, I, I won't lie. He's, he's downstairs and he can't hear me, but I'd rather have cats, if I'm honest. <laughs> they just do, do
1: their own thing, don't they? They're
0: amazing. Yeah,
1: exactly. exactly. I was talking to a mate of mine, went to school together, and he had a kind of um, dog cat. And basically, he was called Gatsby. Mm. And they just used to let him out. He did his walks. He did his business. He was like you couldn't do that anymore. He just used to walk around the streets of of, uh, of West Hampstead, Cricklewood. Just he had a little gang. Apparently, they wouldn't look after him. He just did the looking after for himself. It was a sort of uh, a hybrid of care.
0: That's the dream, right there. I won't lie. I'm very jealous of Gatsby yeah. and, uh, and Gatsby's <laughs> owners, particularly.
1: I think he blinded six children in the end, but it was, it right. was uh Less
0: jealous. They now. didn't have to do any looking after. That that's. Uh, the main yeah. thing i mean arguably based on that description they should have possibly looked after him a bit more if he was out. Well, maybe. <laughs> i think the word neglect
1: um springs to
0: mind yeah. but but they had a good time anyway yeah i bet they did i bet they did and um, now listen let me take you back a few years Um this decision uh, because obviously lee nelson uh, a, a huge character obviously jason bent as well but How difficult, how big a decision was it for you personally to come out from behind these characters and start performing stand-up as yourself, as Simon Brodkin? It was weirdly hard. Um, I think if you've done
1: stand-up, which I know you did because Hills Jago texts me every day to say, you know, I (laughs) discovered Alex yeah, And
2: um,
1: um, it's... It's an, it's an amazing thing and there's so many different ways of, of doing it and the, the route I went down was this kind of pretense, you know, I pretended to be someone else, changed the name, changed the, the whole thing was, was, was an act and that's what came completely naturally to me. That's what I kind of felt more natural doing mm. um, and hence Lee Nelson, hence Jason Bent and various other characters that I did, um, you know, live and, and on television. And then, um, yeah, that change, because people look at it and go, come on, mate, you just, you've done loads of tours, you've, you've, you've been on that stage for hours and hours and years and years, you know, how difficult can it be? But then suddenly changing to go, no, I'm stripping all of that and I'm going to be real and I'm going to be me and I'm going to speak in my own voice and talk about real things in my real life was just very strange and discombobulating and I needed to be properly committed to it to actually see it through, because it would have easily, and they're at the Comedy Store, and obviously the Comedy Store, you know, fantastic club, great reputation, and they, we had a real, you know, that we, we, we really loved each other, the book is there and I love going. And So I'd say, you know, I'm, I'm um, doing some stuff as myself, can I come along? And they say, of course you can, and would be there in front of these people. And suddenly it was like just learning to walk again, you know, after all these years of being able to be a quick runner, uh and that's that's not a, that when you're going through that that's uh it's it's hard you're there these people he's the guy he's being on television he's the and and it's it, it, it's as i say like uh, learning to walk again like drawing with your left hand when you've always drawn with your right it was it was it was weird but now it would actually feel weird to go back and and stand there as lee now
0: I, uh, it's. I mean, because Lee at this point was uh, it was a household name. He had his own TV show. He was, you know, you he was a big deal. I mean, like on some level, I guess we are agents. Like you're doing. Sorry, Simon, you're doing what now? Because things are going no, pretty, yes. pretty well for Lee.
1: Yeah. Y- y- um. I th- are you are you quoting my agent verbatim <laughs> there, or have I sent you the script? Yeah. Ex- exactly. Um. I, um, I wish I would have talked to you for advice at that stage, <laughs> knowing that these things were going to come For me, it was just, I think we see it a bit differently, don't we? Because obviously um, in this, there's there's the business side of things and that's what you want certain people to be brilliant at. And then there's the creative side of things. And that's probably, you know, what comedians and, and most performers are kind of thinking about. So for me, it was, it was just like, um, this is just really what I want to do. It's something that I need to do. Uh, and of course, they're thinking, "What are you doing, Simon? What are you?" There was one gig I did because at first, when you stand up's hard. Mm. And the funny thing about stand up is, um, you know, when you're watching someone run a marathon, right, or, or someone finish at the end of a long sprint or whatever, and these are, they are looking knackered, pasted, wasted. When you watch a good stand up, it should look effortless that is the, the, the it's meant to feel like this just glide across an an interaction and exchange with the audience and and it, it's not easy it takes a lot of work to, to till you get into that stride and so at first when i was doing it it really was like starting again i remember my manager came to one show at pizza express i think it's the jazz one in, yeah. in, in hoban right yeah yeah and um Some nights are weird, some stand up nights are weird, especially, you know, the smaller the venue, the smaller the, you know, the lower the number of people that it takes for them to be 30% of the gig to be weird. Mm. And um, when you've only got eight people, then just four (laughs) are 50%. No, it wasn't eight, but it was small numbers. And it was just one of those hard nights, weird nights. And uh, he was there. And of course, as as you all know the worse it goes the worse it goes it's like <laughs> yeah, it, 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 you, well, you know when you're comparing and everything's going bad and then you'll just say you're just trying to do normal compare stuff so what did you do for it what did you do for a living and you know it's going bad when the audience start having the confidence to go uh i'm a gynecologist mate <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah yeah, with yeah. That? Yeah. Yeah. And, the, and 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 it all it's like sand through your through the gaps of your fingers. And it started, it wasn't great. And I remember he said afterwards, like, I don't think you should give up. And I'm thinking, I wasn't thinking about that until <laughs> you just brought it up. It's it's like when um, you know, back in the day the chairman used to give the managers the vote of confidence. You know, it yeah. was it was like that. It's like You only need to give them a vote of confidence if you know that no one has any confidence in them. And it was, it was, yeah, it was very much like that. So it was tricky, but it feels really cool. Kind of the other side now, Um, doing the Edinburgh show, doing the tour. And once you start opening up that part of your mind, which is, oh my God, I can talk about anything here. I don't need to put it through the prism of, but what would Lee do, or hmm. how would a footballer approach that? Or you can just go right. This is just anything, and that's kind of cool.
0: So this is this is I don't want to put words in your mouth. So screwed up. Would you describe it as your most personal show yet? I mean, what sort of what sort of ground are you ploughing here? What what are you examining uh, with screwed up? Which uh, is it's tickets. It's go. This is going into 2023 now. There's a tickets still available. Your tour carries on into next year, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, so we, it's um, only recently launched, and I'm proud to say about to add a host of extra dates. It's people are responding to it, which is also you know when it's going well, it's going well, and so then the more people have been responding, and the more I've been like, this is great, this is the right decision. Then it open, and so it is definitely the most personal show, and I think with stand up, I guess you know everyone's got different things they want to aim for, but to me, I think that the the best stand up is when it's it's, um, it's it, honest and 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 you're genuinely opening up genuinely being vulnerable mm. and um oh first and foremost funny i yeah, think i need yeah. to say yeah, that yeah. because all too often especially in the edinburgh festival setting at the fringe you know all my shows about kind of you know, I obviously um, just nothing happened to me, um, and that's what the show is about—just nothingness and, the, and it's the bleak <laughs> exploration of like Jesus, man. So I want everyone to realise, no matter how wanky I sound in the description of the show, there are jokes of plenty. In fact, the Times said it was the funniest at the Fringe. Just I in saw. case you don't ask me to mention yep. that quote, yeah. I always try and throw in the first few minutes of any podcast um so it's it's still you know jokes 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 but yeah it is essentially the nub of the show is it's called screwed up because I've always known I was screwed up and um but I never thought there was anything like actually wrong with me and then this exploration and discovery over the last year headline with the ADHD diagnosis you know join the club and um uh, um and then Finding out my ancestry are Russian, what a time to find that out. Yep. And then exploring religion and how screwed up that makes you, like the stuff that we teach and the stuff that you're meant to you know, uh, um, learn as a, as a kid. Um, as, as, a, as a Jewish kid, I talk about, you know by mitzvah and the, the craziness of this event, whereby this is the ceremony where you become a man. In the eyes of the Almighty, mm-hmm. and, the, and, and you sing a, a story from the, the Jewish holy book, um, um, which, as I say on the show, is uh, just the first five chapters of the Christian Bible, plus a couple of extra bits by David the and, <laughs> and, and And you don't choose which chapter you, you get given, depending on, on, on um, where you're born, uh, the, the time of year you're born. And I sung about Lot and his two daughters. And they're in uh, the Sodom and Gomorrah, um, which was, you know, like Brighton and Hove, I guess, back in the day. <laughs> and these angels visit Lot. And then all, everyone finds out about these angels visiting Lot. And they all go around to Lot's house, demand to have sexual relations with the angels. And Lot's like, no, you can't do that. That's wrong. That's wicked. But I've got two daughters and you can all sleep with them instead. And like I'm singing this. This is the one, And the rabbis there going, "That was beautiful," you know. And then everyone, Simon Muzltop, amazing. And I'm like singing a porno script, and it's just <laughs> such a weird, weird concept that that is kind of what we all do. And um, so no wonder there are certain elements to, to me and I'm sure mm-hmm. to others that are screwed up. I have to open this door because you can hear that's oh, Marley. Yeah? Of, of course, you deal with Who is <laughs> out some where the F is Bob. <laughs> Hang on. Here. Here, that's your problem. Yes. Okay. I was going to pick him up, but he's currently attached to my sofa, just like claws okay. in, going um, "You're not getting me now." So uh, anyway, they're both in, they're both happy, so we can crack on.
0: That's beautiful. That's some real brotherly love. Literally, like you know, where's my brother? Yeah, Where is it, it's he? Really,
1: it's really sweet, man. It's it's really <laughs> sweet. Proper proper oh. little buds.
0: I'm very excited that you're taking us on this journey. So it is time to head to our virtual cinema. Simon, you are our guide. We are your audience. Let's go on a trip to the movies.
1: Tell me there's going to be a musical sting there.
0: (laughs) There is honestly when you hear this back cuz obviously i definitely know you'll definitely listen to it um yeah, yeah you'll only listen to podcasts i've been on yep me too yeah so that's <laughs> uh, i get that uh, but yeah you'll hear the music the drama the power we push open the doors to our temple of film and find ourselves in the foyer there's an excited buzz, as there always is in a cinema foyer, the hum of anticipation. It's your perfect cinema trip, Simon. Who have you picked, living or dead, to go with you? Well, so many answers here, so many answers.
1: The, this is meant to be like my ideal journey, is it? This is meant to be my ideal trip to the cinema. Yeah, 100%. You know, I'm tempted to say by myself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether how many people have responded with that. But you know what? It would just be the nut, because cinemas are so calm. Everything in my life is hectic. I mean, we've been on this call how long? Uh, Before we came on air, I've run up and down the stairs, getting cables, headphones, lights, changing rooms, opening doors, cats, wondering where my kids are, saying goodbye. It's, It's too much. And there's this beautiful, calm serenity in the cinema, which means you just don't have to engage. Because I'm mm. always engaging, right? And there's mm-hmm. a performer, I, I, that's my lifeblood. And what's joyous is they're just a calm and they're not needing to do anything. It's just, it's just switch off time. Now, maybe the, most self, maybe the most selfish answer you've ever had.
0: I'm not sure. I mean, possibly. Um, I, I, I'm going to have to insist that you take someone. You're not allowed to go to take someone. on your own. I mean, it's, it's, it's an unacceptable answer. I've never had a situation where an answer is wrong before, but that is a wrong yeah. answer. Just to be clear, Simon,
1: anything, anything you like, <laughs> uh, it's your ideal day out, but you can't have that, mate, I'm afraid. You can't
0: um, have the perfect trip that
1: you, <laughs> you dreamed per- of
0: in your mind.
1: <laughs> um, oh, God, who am I going to go with to sit down in the cinema and just chill.
2: Ah, oh, man. Someone, would... someone
0: calming. Is there someone calming, a calming influence on your life mm. that you could create that same level well, of serenity? Well, I might serenity.
1: take my kids and leave them in the car. That doesn't count, though, does it? That's not, because that just knowing <laughs> that it's two hours, I'll give them iPads, whatever screens, and I'll give them battery packs to make sure that they can carry on. Um my whoever, wife is the most calming person. But then okay. I'm thinking, who's gonna uh, who, who's gonna be with the kids? Um, who do I find just totally soothing? You know, who can I listen to?
0: We've already hit our first stumbling block on the question number one. On the
1: very first one, mate, I got it wrong. This does remind me of um, back being back at uh, medical school, actually, and having to reset. The only person ever to have to do Alex Zane's podcast twice because he got the wrong answers. <laughs> Yes, yeah, Simon. We need to chat. I mean, it, it, it's enough encouragement for us to want to do it again. Um, but yes, you didn't actually pass. He's a calming influence on my life.
0: Weirdly, I went to medical school as well. But I, I did you my, mate? Yeah, yeah. But but whereas you you genuinely qualified as a doctor, did you just pop I, in? <laughs> I I did a year before the stand up bug got me, and I ended up dropping out really? to do stand up, which in itself, after a year, was a tough decision. But how tough was it for you? having actually begun to work as a doctor to then go, do you know what? This secure career for life, I am going to park and do open mic spots to upwards of four, five people in a function room of a pub on a weeknight.
1: When you say it like that, I might not have gone with that decision. (laughs) But it wasn't like that in my head. It was, you know, because when you're in it, you're not seeing the bigger picture a lot of the time. And um I can make often um uh fairly uh um rash um, quite knee-jerk instinctive moves, and it was just something I felt like I needed to do, like when I moved from doing characters to me, I just was like, I know this is the right move," and I just it it was impulsive, I guess I ended at the at the end of one shift at the end of I only did a year. Mm. um and for me the achievement of actually being a doctor and getting becoming a doctor was like pretty cool like Mm. that's something like i've done ticked got that um so and i was also i didn't know about stand-up i was more ignorant than you can you know the people who think they're the smartest know the least right and that was me at the time so i thought i just gonna be on television i didn't know anything i was i didn't even know about stand-up didn't didn't know wasn't even in my so I just put some stuff down on on tapes and characters that I did. Um, and then it just started flying from there. And of course, then I realized, what am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing. And then I started knowing more and going, Jesus, I'm really actually clueless here. And that's when I discovered stand-up. And then that's when um, um, we probably met in the gig in the yeah. pub in Camden Town.
0: Yes, to approximately seven or eight people. Yes, that would be that would be absolutely right. And I believe I may have been comparing that night, but uh, yeah, you, were, you were doing Lee at the time. All right, so back to the question, however. I'm going to take maybe then,
1: um, who's calming for me? I'll take my therapist. Great stuff. Your therapist.
0: That's wonderful. I'll take my,
1: I'm, I'm take my um, um, and you can chat, because there's loads of issues in movies. And let's not forget. I still want to make this about me most of the time as a stand-up comedian, <laughs> and I can just whisper, "Like I, I sometimes feel like that." What does that mean? <laughs> and she can calmly
0: say,
2: "Yeah, let's talk about this afterwards, you dick."
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, I love it. So you have picked your therapist to go to the cinema with. Now there is a clock on the wall of the foyer. It reads a specific time. What time have we gone to the cinema? Um, Again, I'm changing
1: tack now, track, because there was me going by myself. I'm now with my therapist. I mean, I guess the sensible answer so I don't have to pay too much would be during office hours. Um, But there's what's nice about the cinema. It's kind of cool because the cinema, you can go, every time has got like a different feel to it. You know, you go in the morning. Boy, oh boy, you must have so little going on in your life, right? That is... Like that's like if you are going in the morning and you don't have like a baby or a kid and you're looking for something to do with them, you need to assess things or things are just going so well, then you just don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> and if something's important, you know, your, 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 your PA will come in in the middle and uh, tap you and go, you need to take a call. So morning feels a bit guilty, a bit wrong. Um, and then as you push into the evening, it's getting busier, you are getting busier, but um, it's sort of in betweeny time. I like that time where you come out and there's still a bit of the evening to go because you want to chat about the movie, you want to have dinner. And so there's kind of like that perfect kind of maybe if the movies normally, the movies normally like two hours, I want to come out of that cinema at 8.45. So
0: work backwards from
1: there.
0: Okay. I'm going to put you in the cinema at 6 p.m. How does that sound, Simon? Love it. Love it. All right. All right, then. 6 p.m. you're going to the cinema, so it's going to be a busy cinema, potentially. And you booked the tickets for this trip, so where in the auditorium are you choosing to sit? I'm
1: going to buy the regular standard ticket, and wherever, and then sit in VIP. <laughs> uh,
0: what, are you not worried? Because I... I have been known to do this myself. However, I have a question: Do you not get the anxiety that comes with someone turning up with a VIP ticket for that particular seat, yeah. going, yeah. "Mate, you're in my seat," and like, that could ruin the whole movie experience for me? Like, because I'll I'll feel like they know that I've cheated the system in some way, and they haven't, and they are morally and more what sound. with you being the face of
1: British cinema? It's probably. <laughs> With me, it's less of a thing. With you, it's kind of worthy of a newspaper. Alex Zane cheats his way into the industry that has treated him so well. Um, so, so I think I have a bit of my brain that's a little bit different, missing, wired up wrong from other people, because I know that most people, because obviously, you know, when I, when I do go to events with people, I'll go, let's, let's go here. And they'll be like, Whoa. What if that exact scenario, you know, I'll be like, come on, let's sit in the cockpit. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's probably what makes me good at the stunts, just because I've got something a bit wrong with me. We went to Louis CK the other day at uh, the, um, the pub above, in the Enterprise. And no, we didn't. It wasn't there. It was at the, it was at the, it was at the Apollo uh, in Hammersmith. And there were these seats there. There was just no one sitting there. And for me, it's like, um, I think it's quite a British thing as well. In Britain, we are very subservient to the order, to the system. And that's why I think uh, we let bankers get away with so much, because it's like, that is what they do. We need to let, they are above us. You know, that's why, listen to all our politicians. Do they sound like us? Do they talk like us? No, it's because we have this reverence. For the for the for the people for you know for the order, so I think it's quite a British thing. Um, but we, so there was no one sitting there in the just seats, random like clutch of seats in this little enclosure. And um, I said, "Come on, let's sit in there." And he was like, "I'm not, I'm not doing that." But then, of course, I just ignored him, and he had to follow me. And so we're sat there. And for me, it's like common sense: if no one's sitting there, then what harm are we doing? Mm-hmm. Anyway, turns out we're in the disabled section. Oh and um, about 45 minutes in, we get hurled out by um, these, the, you know, the Apollo event in Apollo security. You don't mess about. Yep. And um, I actually had to say to them, I said, listen, dude, I know I'm not going to sit here. I don't want to sit here. Don't worry about it. The game's up. We yeah. just thought they're empty. But is it okay if you don't kind of drag me out because... I just, it just won't look good for me. Is that okay? And he was very nice. I said, yeah, all right, mate. So, about two minutes later, I just stood up and left instead of him like grabbing me. <laughs> everyone going, what a shit, Brodkin is. What a t- t- sitting on? The dis- I had no idea, no idea. Of course, oh, otherwise I wouldn't mate. have gone in the disabled there. That's one thing I won't do: is park in the disabled parking. Well, that's that's just out of order. So I didn't realize. But of course, the rest of the show, no one was sitting there. So to me, it's like, (laughs) come on, let's just use some common sense. They didn't go back in.
0: Mate, oh, wow. Oh, that's, I mean, that's, you know what? That is a nice security guard because I sometimes, and clearly wrongly, assume that they live for the moment where they get to go, oh, brilliant. Someone's in, someone's in the disabled section. Fantastic. This is, this is where I get to flex those muscles that I have really no need for otherwise.
1: (laughs) Well, I think someone was probably, uh, you know, lighting a reefer a few seats away in another <laughs> section. There was there was bigger troubles in the event in Apollo with the beer swilling amongst 5,000 people than me just going, it's okay, I'll just stand up
0: after you've left, please. <laughs> All right, then. So you're sitting in the VIP section having only bought a regular standard ticket. So the air in the foyer is full of wonderful smells. All manner of snacks and foodstuffs are available at the various counters, not including popcorn. We'll come to that. What do you choose to eat? Can I take something from my own house instead? Okay, yeah, I think uh, most cinemas still allow people to bring things in. So it's what a you bring isn't it? You yeah. don't want to ask permission, but equally, what is there a rule you can't eat? It's not
1: like they can say sorry, no food allowed. What they're going to say? Only really smelly food that we sell. Mm-hmm. So I'm. I think what I'd do actually. Let's let's no. Let's not do this. Actually, you know what I'm going to do. I'm not going to take my own food cuz that's just weird especially now I'm 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 going with someone else my therapy I don't want to eat in front of my therapist. <laughs> Why? Right. What <laughs> I don't know there's just certain things I don't I just want to I just I couldn't relax.
0: Okay. Um
1: I'm going to I want the ice cream that's one thing that I think is good the ice cream. I I'm not a big fan of all the the normal snacky stuff that you know the 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 classic the pick and mix mm-hmm. or the huge bags of things. I know people love that. I've got nothing but respect for those people. But I want ice cream for me is a real treat, and I'm going to get three. Can I get three scoops? Is that all right? Yeah, you can. You're going to tell me the flavors, though. I'm I'm just going in hard with two mint choc chip. Yeah, and one. I don't know how good this place is. Hazelnut. Have they got. I'm. Um, this is a posh. I'm going all and a hazelnut.
0: They've got hazelnut. Okay, that's a solid order. And because it's a, a treat.
1: Um, I'm going to get one of the cones. I'm going to upgrade my cone, which I rarely do. My kids ask me to upgrade a cone. I'm like, no, I'm not spending another pound 30 for a little bit of chocolate at the bottom and some chocolatey bits on it. But this is uh, a treat. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to upgrade my cone.
0: I mean, you're pushing the boat out here. So you get an upgraded code. Just describe it to me again, because I'm, I'm not an ice cream eater as a rule. So you've got your regular wafer cone, but the upgraded cone is yeah. what exactly?
1: So you, so first of all, you have to go to the right establishments. If you stop a Mr. Whippy on the street and say, can I upgrade my cone, please? Mm. You mm-hmm. might well have him drive off and think <laughs> he was talking for some code about something. But you go to your posh places, your good places. They've got the different cones and the upgraded cone is normally got like chocolate drizzled around the edge and chocolate in the bottom. Sometimes it will have sprinkles as well around the chocolate. It's normally it's a big step up profit wise for them. Mm. Um, it's like, um, you know, what, what, when you order a what's like another markup that a restaurant really, it's like the wine, you know, people order a nice bottle of what? It's like, okay, that's where we're going to make our money. So right. I'm, I'm going normally, I'm like, it's not worth another one pound, <laughs> something for that, but I'm going for it, mate.
0: Okay. And obviously your kids aren't there and you're not going to tell them because then how are you, how are you ever going to deny them an upgraded cone in the future? Oh, a hundred percent.
1: Yes. I would be <laughs> labeled an absolute hypocrite <laughs> and never be able to look at them in the eye again. If i upgrade my own cone, I got you. All right. Popcorn, sweet,
0: or salted?
1: I don't know what most people say, but I feel just very adamant that it's mixed. Just, I, you know, that is one thing that I feel strongly about.
0: You actually feel strongly about that? This isn't even up for yes. debate?
1: No, because, the, I mean, if I can put it poetically, the sweet's too sweet and the salty's too salty is, is the best way I can describe it. And what's the joy of you don't know what you're going to get? And there's that kind of mixture, I think good flavor and good taste. And let's be honest, we're not exactly not it's not good, is it? This is popcorn. This is mass-produced, genetically modified (laughs) maize harvested in the billions of tons and shipped around the world and put in fat fat for five. This is not top, but but having said that, where you're gonna get the love (laughs) on the taste buds is by the contrast, the crunch. And the Mm. sweet's often normally a little bit crunchier as well.
0: All right, you can have mixed. The correct answer, in my opinion, is salted. But this is your perfect night out. You can mix that popcorn.
1: We've already stopped enough, mate, so I'm not going to let you (laughs) stop. Uh, I I wonder if, yeah, the popcorn sharing, whether that's gone down post-COVID, you know? Everyone's reached in your popcorn, It's like... Just grabbed around, like, dude! Yeah, I'd make people do little... um, a um, little alcohol rub between. You can have some, but as long as you've uh, washed your hands with this alcohol and sung happy birthday twice.
0: Right then, you have got a big, sweet and salted popcorn. Lovely Simon, it's time to leave the foyer and walk down the corridor towards the auditorium. Posters along the cinema wall illustrate some of your most important movie memories. The first poster depicts your fondest movie memory. What is it?
1: Probably Jacques Tati film, Monsieur Hulot's Holiday. My dad is a very funny guy himself, Mm. but he also has a little bit of the um, pretentious about him. He (laughs) likes, uh, you know, he likes. He wouldn't say, "Let's go and see Elf," right? Will Ferrell movie. Okay, he'd say, "Let's see one of the finest, um, finest examples of." Of of uh, modern French comedy cinema, and would go to a couple of these films, and and um, and they they were they were kind of, they were the, the, there's a song that stuck in my head ever since, and it's Mister Ulo's Holiday, and it's um, I won't sing it because I've already made enough of fool of myself, <laughs> but it, it, it's 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 they were they were they were weren't silent because obviously there was. Um, there was music set to it, but um, I don't know the vernacular with with movies. It's a silent movie if it's still got music? Do You still call
0: it a silent movie? Yeah, if there's no speech in it and it's just yeah. music that's been added afterwards, it would still be considered a silent movie, I believe. So, yeah.
1: so, so, so there we go. I mean, terribly named, we now know in hindsight, because there was loads <laughs> of sound. But um, the, yeah, so it was. It was. It was funny, man. It was physical comedy and um, of, of uh, things like Kim. Warming up ridiculously for a bit of tennis, and then um, the door, the kid come in for food. The door would keep, you know, flapping open with the wind, and he'd try and close. It was, it was, it was, it was funny. It was fun. It was different, and it's just a nice memory that I've got of an early bit of uh, movie going with my old man. And
0: so, did you trust his? Um- his choice of film implicitly already or were you like no i want to see elf so why are we going to see this or, or or were you were you completely on board
1: i think i just didn't have a clue you don't do you when you're a kid you know that's elf. why you can get away with a lot let's be honest <laughs> you can get away with a lot but you know because kids they don't they don't really they just take them oh, we will go in the cinema you're not also i think i don't know whether we were but i don't know whether this is true also we didn't have a television
0: well, growing up, no TV. So the only time no you TV. got to see anything on a screen was at the cinema. So just yeah,
1: exactly. I was just like, this is amazing. <laughs> this is this is it moves. And I'm just sat there watching it. So I was probably less fussy than um, than than most when it comes to anything moving on a screen in front of me.
0: And what was the thinking about not having the TV? Was that because they wanted you to be more creative, to read more? Was it a, 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 a decision like that or or something else?
1: I'm, no, my parents aren't like that in terms of sort of pushy and go, oh, we should do this. And you, they're just really, really chilled. Just And I think the TV broke. And I think they just were like, well, let's just not get another one. That, <laughs> like they are just so chilled. Um, <laughs> that's why I always knew there was something wrong with me. Because I was always just so different to everyone else in my family. They are just so nice and gentle (laughs) and calm and kind. And I'm just, in comparison to them, just an utter bastard.
0: Just (laughs) horrible. (laughs) All right. We're putting up a poster of Mr. Ulo's holiday on the wall. So the second poster depicts your worst
1: movie memory. Now, this is slightly cruel on someone with ADHD because the memory I have is just I can access about one percent of my life at any any time. And mm-hmm. and, and normally that one percent is taken up with the last 10 hours is normally about 90 percent of that one percent. So in terms of worst movie memory. Oh, I've got one. OK, so <laughs> remember, um because fun enough, movies actually bring out the emotion in me. I can be suckered by a movie. I think it's one of the few times you sort of let your guard down. That's why I've talked about going by myself because it's like um, it, it's it's all the other times in life people are watching you or that you you you're sort of performing to a certain degree and you become very unguarded when you're watching a movie. You you you, you, you can't help it. And there was we went to a movie. We were at school, like young,
2: mm-hmm. and went
1: to a movie. It was the one, Oh Captain, My Captain. It was the one with Robin Williams, brilliant, funny. Oh,
0: um, He's died uh, the recently. Dead, dead, Tragically. Poets is, dead poets, Dead Poets Society.
1: Dead Poets yeah. Society, right? And I need to rewatch that movie because I reckon it's probably cheesy AF, right? Mm. And. I cried and cried and cried, like, just, aw- like, awful. Well, I'm, I'm that like just, j- j- and, and, and they're all boys school, you know, the last thing you want to do is be cry. I just couldn't help it. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> you do that thing when you're a kid where you think you can, like, get away with it. Yeah. Like, someone say, what do you think of that? And just like, yeah, <laughs> um, sorry, I've got a cold, a cough, um, a headache, um, Uh, 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 And I just remember just thinking it was kind of best worst moment memory because it was just obviously a great movie for me at that time. Yeah. And then suddenly just having when the lights went up.
0: I was going to say, because it must be, it's quite a cathartic experience. Like when you cry in the cinema, like you get, it's like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm an emotional human being. This movie's had an effect on me. It's brought out something inside me. But if it was an all boys school, Now I understand why it's the worst movie memory because that is this, it's very difficult to come back from that. People remember shit like that. Exactly. It wasn't like, oh, respect.
1: Brodkin's really (laughs) opened up and he's actually a vulnerable guy with with three dimensions. It was just like, look at Brodkin. (laughs) Like,
2: what? We sort (laughs) of, what? (laughs) Not quite.
0: Okay, well, that's good to know. So I like I I, I cry in the cinema and worryingly more than I do in real life, which I've never chosen to analyse. That is, it
1: is real life, isn't it? I guess it's like a concentrated version of real life. Well, it's yeah. not, you know, it, it it it's you're really alive, mm.
0: so that's really you crying. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll take that. That makes me feel better. You're not emotionally dead, Alex. <laughs> I do worry sometimes. Um, the, <laughs> the third poster uh, depicts the last performance that brought you to tears. So uh, we've already got a poster of Dead Poets Society up next to Mr. Ulo's Holiday, so you can't have the same one again. What was the last movie that brought you to tears? Is it
1: allowed if it's not in the cinema? Of course it is. Go up. Well, I remember both, actually. But the one that I last cried at, a movie, was much more recent, and that was a messy documentary. Not as in M-E-S-S-Y, M-E-S-S-I, The Footballer
0: okay, um you're gonna have to handhold me here. I'm aware of messy well, it was um more a
1: I love triumph in movies and i and, and I'm very uncheesy in real life and very uncheesy i think in the comedy i write and and but when it comes to a movie and also when something feels real, so documentaries. I find very, very powerful, and I find it weird. I think I remember that there was a documentary. Do you remember Milk? That was years ago.
0: The uh, the Sean the Sean Penn. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes. Before he went to Ukraine, right. he was just a, a UN great guy. He was an actor, and he won a Oscar. And I remember there was like a documentary. I remember watching that and going, "But I don't get this. Is just better. This is just, <laughs> and this is real." And it sometimes yeah. confounds me that that these things need to be remade, and I, I think it's a bit of a, uh, a, a, a yeah, it's a bit daft that we need to have these things remade with like better looking people
2: and <laughs> like
1: you know what I mean, and and and, and better lighting, and be, when when the real story, which obviously it was based on, they, they weren't lying about it. Yeah. So the the documentaries often get me. So I cried at that. It was just a triumphant moment when. Because just it was a movie about his life and and he it, there was a, a moment where it all came and there was, I, can't, I can't even remember exactly, and there was a um, uh, and then before that there was actually another one, Netflix an Adam Sandler thing with basketball, I'm not a basketball fan again, it seems like sport gets me. and then before that at the cinema was this might have been spirited away? I th- yeah, I think, or something of that genre. I can't remember. Yes, I've used the word genre in a movie podcast.
0: Yay! Box ticked. Great, you passed the test. You have to say genre once, otherwise uh, I don't get to. I don't. I wouldn't put it out. But now you've yeah, done that. We're good. <laughs> Producer right. told me. So, a poster of the documentary "Messy" is our third poster. It's the last performance that brought you to tears, and the final poster before we enter the auditorium depicts your unpopular movie opinion. What is your unpopular movie opinion? Good one.
1: Um the superhero films mm. are utter bilge <laughs> and they're boring and it's just odd and they're just just I, I don't get them. I don't, I just and, and it's not like I'm I'm sounding like a miserable old fucker <laughs> but I assure you that I had this as a young miserable fucker, as well. Like I don't get it. It's what's so weird about them, right? They're so violent. They're so, I, I don't get it. Just everyone is going around, It's like killing everyone, and there's so, just and there's like no story. And I, I, man, I, I don't know. And and they've just taken over everything, haven't they? And they're just ubiquitous, and everyone's in them. And then like that franchise goes with that, and the the, the fact that we even just let them get away with the word franchise, and we just happily go, there's like fr- a movie, cinema, there's art in there, there's entertainment, there's enjoyment. And then suddenly you go into, and you're I'll pay money for that. And then I come and check, it's a franchise. Like they're literally not even shying away from the fact that this is just about money. Like we are doing this by numbers, and we know that if we have this character playing with this character and this it seems a bit daft. I'm not saying all of them are shit. Of course, there's odd ones that are, that, are, that are brilliant, but there seems to be just yeah.
0: Okay, because I was going to ask. Because I mean, look, you, you you've said superhero movies, and you know that obviously includes you know everything from Infinity War to Spider Man, but also. You know, stuff like Joker or The Dark Knight. I mean, are you lumping them in? I'm going to have to put a movie poster up, so there has to be a specific movie poster about superheroes that you've decided is the one that has, has put you in this mindset of not liking superhero movies. If you want to go controversial,
1: hmm. and I know you want
0: that, Alex. I do. I do like a bit of Let's put up Star Wars then. That's not a superhero movie. That undermines your entire argument. That's a, that's a sci-fi space opera. Let's cut that. Put out the podcast. <laughs> You're putting up Star Wars. You're just putting up Star Wars. The original Star Wars. Well, well, I've got.
1: There's clearly a lot of movies that I'm. I'm. I've got some unpopular movie opinions, haven't I? This yeah. is. You should have asked me for five of these posters. But if you okay, if we're sticking with the superhero ones, obviously I've. You kind of lose track after a while. But let's go for that one. Didn't they start combining to? Like, they brought in, like, the X-Men with, like, fucking Y-Guys. And then, wasn't there one, like, a few years ago? And they're like, you know what? We can just merge these two franchises and make even more money. Do you remember that? Wasn't there a seminal moment when that happened? There was a
0: Batman versus Superman. Uh, that's, uh... Yeah,
1: yeah. That was that was terrible. But, um Um, I thought there was X-Men and they brought it together with...
0: Uh, uh, I think there was an X-Men movie which was... uh, End of...
1: End of Days, End of Time, End of the Franchise.
0: Yeah. Oh, anyway, look. Do you know what? I'll just put up Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) Forget everything
1: you said. Let's just go with that. It's easy. We know what that looks like. Do it. Okay. So you don't like
0: Star Wars either then?
1: Well, I would, funnily enough, put Star Wars. Well, the reason, some of the reasons why I don't like, if you have a Venn diagram of why I don't like the Star Wars, you want unpopular movie opinions with why I don't like the um, the, the superhero genres. Mm. I mean, ultimately, you know, they are man-made definitions of what is in what. And I reckon you could easily squeeze a Star Wars movie in I think you called it sci-fi. Like, What? That's a sci-fi movie. Oh, sorry. The X-Men, that's not sci-fi, is it?
2: No, those just, yeah. they
1: are, they're real so it's all this piffle these obvious heroes who are these you blow i don't know man and they're shooting each other and there's like it's and, and, and everyone seems to love it and that obviously makes it even more baffling to me
0: well you've you've cast the net pretty wide there simon I'm going to turn off a lot of people. Sorry, Alex. (laughs) Sorry, everyone. It's absolutely fine. It's your unpopular movie opinion, and it very much is that. I'll I'll put up a poster for Avengers Infinity War then. That'll do. Great. Right. And I'll take it down. (laughs) We've arrived at the last set of doors into the auditorium. There's a queue of people. Hoping to join you and your therapist in the cinema, are you letting them in? Do you want a busy cinema, or is it just going to be the two of you? It's your choice. I right?
1: like empty cinema because, for that reason of being able to relax and 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 not be thinking about you know anyone else, it's just um, yeah, it's 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 nicer that way. Maybe maybe go sparse. Maybe I don't know. No, let's go empty, just the two of us. What the hell? But I feel. Yeah, a bit bad if people are wanting to see, but um, let's just keep it us two, why not? Special, special time. That's only rubbish in a comedy, isn't it? When you're watching a comedy, it's just you go.
2: <laughs>
0: well, it, it's that thing. I mean, you, you know, I don't know what movies you're screening and I don't want to know yet, but obviously if it is a comedy you've picked, laughter is infectious. As you, as you know, as a stand-up yourself, a smaller crowd is much more difficult to win over than a bigger crowd. I might,
1: I might be inviting people in in a minute. Okay, keep going.
0: All right then, so. We're going to play, first of all, before we get into the rest of the movies, we're going to play a trailer for a film that you're looking forward to. Is there a film that you are looking forward to seeing? Does it have to be one that's coming out in the future?
1: I guess that's what a trailer is. It would be, yes. I'm going to go cheesy then. I'm going to go Avatar because actually that movie I did like. Ah. Even though that's you know I say there's the odd good one. And these things become fashionable, don't they? Everyone's saying Avatars, oh shit now. But obviously that wasn't what people thought, because it was the highest grossing of all time. But I thought mm-hmm. that was uh, had the right elements in. I probably, you know, there was I'm sure like s- just stupid amounts of violence, but I don't know, it just kind of it, it kind of I liked the vibe. I liked the, it looked beautiful. I, I liked it. It was 3D. So yeah, Avatar 2. Not pop. That's probably unpopular
0: as well. No, no. I think that's. I, I think there's a, a certain level of excitement for it. Avatar: The Way of Water. So interestingly, let's hope yeah, he that- gets
1: uh, he gets a urinary tract infection <laughs> and uh, he's no access to the right human meds. It's it's
0: <laughs> he's uh, he said uh, James Cameron. There was a crazy quote. He said for Avatar: The Way of Water to break even. It needs to be the fourth or fifth biggest movie in history. So hopefully your enthusiasm is going to put bumps on seats.
1: I'm always rooting for the underdog, like
0: uh, (laughs) the director of Avatar 2. He needs the help. Come on,
2: guys.
0: (laughs) Okay. So to warm the audience up now, we're going to play your favourite shot or sequence from a movie. What is your favorite shot or sequence in the history of cinema? <laughs> the history
1: of cinema. No weight no wait on there, Simon, but just in <laughs> case you didn't realize, that is the history yep. of cinema. Simon. Of all
0: films ever made, is there one shot or sequence that made you fall in love with movies, get emotional, pump your fist in the air? For
1: pure cheese, right? I don't know whether it's my favourite, but for pure cheese, we want to, we, 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 I'm, I'm thinking, I don't know, suddenly I'm thinking of a packed cinema, and even though it's empty. But Do you I'm want the audience
0: it, to come in now? Do you want to let them in? It feels like you're leaving them in, to, let them in. All right, okay, in. and the crowd go wild. They get yes. allowed
1: into the auditorium. Like, and my therapist, she's got another client, so she's <laughs> up to go. Um, and um, let's play for sheer kind of nostalgic cheese. mm um, the bit in Top Gun where he where goes where they give each other fire. I used to take the piss out of that all the time and it's, it's so ridiculous it's kind of funny I think they go I feel the need mm-hmm. the, the Top Gun original yep the need for speed and then they're like high five it's just so awful it's kind of just you kind of go yeah cool yeah so we'll get there and I want everyone to kind of be like giving it large clapping you know, oh. sarcastic clapping which I think Brits do pretty well <laughs> we do we do but like when the referee
0: finally uh, gives gives a corner to your team that's been hard bummed, but a like, oh, brilliant mate no but this this will be fun fun okay now, you've done a very kind thing. You've not only let the audience into the auditorium, but you've printed out T-shirts as a gift for them with your favourite movie quote on the front. What is your favourite movie quote? He, okay, I, I know what I'm going to go for. I'm going to
1: go for... Um, he's not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy.
0: <laughs> Wonderful. So were you a Life of Brian fan more than the uh, the Holy Grail? Because I, I, I always i i think the ending of the life of Brian for some reason as a kid, his ending like being crucified always upset me
1: it will won't it it's 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 pretty upsetting, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty upsetting, well that's what I talked about earlier about religion, mm. screwing you up like what a strange image to have everywhere yeah that's uh, they're the son of God, and um yeah he's being being starved to death there, and that's uh, yeah that's in all our places of worship on you go, nothing to see like that so. The life of Brian, um, which I don't know whether I'm now allowed to to play. I know this question's coming because you're going to ask, "What am I going to play?" But I, and and I, and I might ch- ch- uh, back out of this if we talk about this one too much now. But yeah, the life of Brian, it, it's it's just sheer magical class. I mean, it, it's staggering, absolutely staggering. And 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 I need to rewatch it, but. Just, just, it's just amazing. And what's so funny is, well, not funny, sad, tragic, awful, that, that, that what I understand is at the time it was hugely controversial and that they're talking about, um, you know, uh, um, uh, blasphemy, lack of respect, the bringing down of our culture and c- cinema's bandit. And I think it's a good note to any artist who is knocking on the sacred doors I can keep knocking and kick them some more because they're all a load of shit at the end of the day. And um, and and what they were doing there, just 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 brilliant, just absolutely brilliant. And the bulls on that, uh, in fact, there's the, the most amazing. Is there still? I've, there's, you, I've told you about my terrible memory. Yet I must have seen this. I don't know how many times. I've seen, not many at all. Um, but still, the things you know. Whenever the um, Labour Party are arguing, you know which they do. Relentlessly see yep. Corbyn for latest example, and, <laughs> and um, you know his crew versus the other crew, and there's the People's Front for um, the Liberation of Judea. Yes, in that movie, and they just can't. Yeah. And I'm sure I'm getting this wrong, and any proper fans of Life of Brian would just be getting enraged by now, <laughs> but they just can't make any progress with any of their aims because they all keep arguing about what it should be called and who it includes. And it's just the most beautiful encapsulation of what, uh, um, you know, handicaps the left is just the, the constant just needing to get it exactly spot on and perfectly inclusive. And why do you think that the Tory party have been so hugely successful? Because They know that if they get together, and they forget about their differences, and they just get can win instead of going no 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 no. But just I think we should just (laughs) are we is this exact? Because I don't think what you're saying exactly chimes with what I'm saying. Which at the end of the day is all very well, but it doesn't get you in power. So there's a beautiful scene from there, incredible one, which I always remember. Again, the crucifixion and the crucifixion. It's funny, isn't it? Really, yeah. and I don't mean yeah. that in a disrespectful way, but it's faintly ridiculous. What, what the most brutal, awful, horrible thing, and that they made it just so comical by they have people bringing their own crosses, which probably I imagine sort of maybe happened. Mm, yeah, and they're all going up in line, and they and the, there's a guy. They have got their crosses, uh, and the, the guy who's giving out the crosses, and they go. Uh, and the guy comes up, he, he took everyone coming in for the queue is meant to be crucified and he'll go, uh, crucifixion. And they'll say, yes, and they'll give him the thing. And then the, 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 the guy in the, um, I can't remember which actor, uh, in the life of Brian. And he goes, uh so crucifixion. And he says, no, no, I'm just here to watch. And he goes, oh, right, go that way. You're free, man. And then he comes back to him, uh, uh, 10 seconds later. He goes, I was just joking. Crucifixion. Yes. <laughs> just, just, just joyous, man. Just, just, yeah. Amazing. Um, so That's it's, great. A, it's a belter. And my, right. my kids just got my kids just got in. Oh. So let's not talk about the upgraded ice cream cone. <laughs> so I've now got two children and two cats. So if you hear screaming, I'm not gonna tell you which one is making the noise. And my <laughs> wife is here. It's it's a zoo, <laughs> basically, is what's oh. going on here. It's every is animals, humans, anyway.
0: Okay, so we're going to play your favourite piece of music. From a film or movie score, what is your favourite score or song from a film? So,
1: honourable mentions to... Um, now, I don't know whether this is a generational thing, whether this is going on now with movies to another generation, but I just remember Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs, which are movies that... Well, I, I, You know, I, 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 I've never been like a movie obsessive, and but the music from that... Just seemed like extraordinarily good, and was just played widely. Um, Train spotting as well. It it must be. uh, It must be like a a part generational thing. I'm sure there's movies now that are that that, that are having that same impact on another set of people. But I just remember those. uh, All those three movies albums are absolutely phenomenal. Um, obviously not every every song, but there's just some buttes in there. Um, so, but the one that I'm gonna go with is a that made me cry the other day, actually. Which is, I'm getting my phone now, not to check emails, but to look on um Spotify because this the I want to spread the word about this uh this amazing uh, orchestra called and that they're not they're not new. Uh, and I'm not even sure, tr- it was in the messy movie that, that it made me cry during this, when they played this tune. So um, Penguin Cafe Orchestra, Perpetuum Mobile. It was in it was in the messy movie. And I should give the messy movie uh, a name. Otherwise, it feels a bit rude to just be saying the messy movie. Because I'm sure there's lots. And the person who directed and worked on this is thinking, well, are you going to give me a shout out or what, mate? <laughs> I've just tried to click on the BBC. I uh, iPlayer but all the apps on BBC are just like how are we meant to guess that like a different color block means the weather and a de- <laughs> like the person who designed that. I know they look beautiful, but honestly, like what am I looking for? The pink triangle or the <laughs> orange blocks? Is that the weather, the sport, or the radio? Okay, let me just look here and search. Messy, <laughs> brilliantly, it's called Messy.
0: <clears throat> brilliant, brilliant. All right, it's time to start the movies. So the first movie we're going to be playing for our audience that you kindly let into the auditorium is the film that is most important to you. What is that film? Le The Le The French one. About, yeah, incredible, incredible
1: film. Just like blow your mind. Wow. And My memory of this is going to be off the scale bad because I've only seen that years and years ago. Again, it's different. It's, it's from the eyes of it's like urban. Is it Paris? <laughs> I love I love Google. Uh, the first question is, why is Lane so good? <laughs> <laughs> oh. so, who, who says people want shortcuts now?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the suburbs of Paris.
1: It's about the underbelly. Again, it's about a side that we just don't often get to see because you know it it it's think about the entertainment industry the uh the movie industry you know when was the last actor you heard in fact i was thinking about this the other day, actress you know the actresses who are obviously fabulously talented and they go to hollywood but just the, just hearing um often very well spoken and very well educated and that's great and i'm not exactly you know mr rough around the edges you know working class guy but obviously, there's just not enough representation and not enough. Um, I don't want to sound woke here. Fuck that. I'm, I'm, I just mean for diversity, not in the way we mean in terms of having lots of different, you know, box ticked, but in terms of seeing a movie that just does something different to normal. And this was just such a refreshing, different, and unexpected insight into a world which doesn't get seen enough uh and i guess again i keep coming back to the why i'm not into the superhero movies because it's the same shit and it's like you know and, and and um and difference cool and this is certainly different and i also you know what's good about it i reckon a lot of people won't have seen it
0: fantastic choice simon so it's that time to announce to our excited audience in this packed auditorium the headline movie you're playing the movie out of all others, you have picked as the climax for tonight. Okay. What is it?
1: I'm going to put on Whiplash.
0: That's a great film.
1: Incredible. So underrated. Like, why is that not just on... What? It's, it's amazing. And that means a lot to me. Whenever there's things about performers... You know, he he's a drummer mm. um, or sportsman, I guess. But I feel a connection as a, as a performer. So that is phenomenal. This, it focuses in on an aspiring drummer who's at musical college, who is obsessed with being the best, not just the best he can be, which is, I guess, where things go wrong for him, but the best ever. Mm. And what is the you get this terrible combination of terrible for, for for life that is where you get this person who's obsessed with being the best and you get a teacher who brings out the worst in people who is uh makes people feel terrible about mistakes makes people feel terrible about themselves makes people feel vulnerable that other people are better than them makes them feel like they're not worthy of of of, of being in his presence because he was a professional musician himself and it's like really interesting now actually talking through these these themes it's like the antithesis of what good mentality should be and good teaching should be and um and and, and it's like the wrong mentality from the performer and the wrong mentality from the in the instructor and you get this well in the end you get this uh literally i mean i'm in a car crash moment there is a car crash in it which isn't like you know, if i say it, it's not spoiling it and it's not like most people probably haven't already seen it but which is like this moment where he's like getting the whole balance of his life wrong just to please this teacher just so and and and, and literally he, he he i think he crashes his car because he's like massively in a hurry and it's it's just it leaves this just sickness, this sick mentality in both of them. And the performance is just incredible by the drummer. Mm-hmm. Just, just take, yeah, just you, you know, when you just, and that's why I also love documentaries because I love real and the best movies are one where you are just believing them. And I guess why that, that's why I have such a disdain for, you know, the superhero Star Wars genre, because no, I, you know, they are, you know, it's all just piffle and, um, and, and where, where the real world has got so much stories to tell. Why do we need to add Piffle? Um, and the performances of this, this, you just feel so much sympathy for the, the drama. You need to say that the actor's name. So
0: Miles gotten... Teller. Miles Teller plays the drama. Yeah. Right,
1: just, mm. just incredible, incredible. And also what's refreshing, he's clearly a superstar and will be in the movie world, but he's not that weird, good-looking person yeah. that you get. You know, like, and I, I know why I get that people like looking at good-looking people. But he's obviously attractive, but he's he's different-looking, and he and and he's, um, normal-looking. I'm sure if you were to line him up, he'd be beautiful. But what I'm saying is you're not looking him going it's, it's you're not, he didn't get the part because of his blonde hair, blue eyes, and big abs. You know, he got the part because he, he's interesting, and that's what we should be. And and, and the um instructor is it's jk simmons it's really a sort of double header with miles and jk simmons and the, the dad pool is is good but they are in it you know it, it's really this this double header and um and you just feel such hate for this teacher such, such he's such a bastard and and he plays such a bastard so well cuz it it's just again you totally buy into it and it's uh and of course as you you know having talked about the other stuff about my movie taste there's redemption at the end. Not classic redemption, but there is redemption and it's it's amazing.
0: Yeah. I think J.K. Simmons won the Oscar for his performance in it as well, because you're absolutely right. The two of them together and that final climax where Miles Teller's character, you know, does it in the end and he wins the respect of his teacher. I remember my heart in my throat during that whole final performance. Mm. It's great. Great.
1: It's great. Fun enough. I actually don't think he wanted the respect. I don't think he, it was the only time he didn't want the respect. Mm. He didn't give a shit about the teacher anymore by that stage, which is how you've got to be. If you are to, 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 to achieve what you want to it, as a performer, you've got to not be doing it for other people. And that's kind of um, a lesson that I'm learning.
0: I love it. What a double bill. Oh, well, Simon. That's it. The curtains have closed, and the guests are milling out, smiling, chatting, and thanking you for taking them on an incredible night at the movies. But before you go, there's just time for this week's mystery question. As we ask, "What's in the box?" Saw you with the box. What was in the box? Uh, what's in the box? So, your mystery question this week, Mister Sun Brodkin, is, Ooh. Of all the pranks you pulled from Glastonbury and Kanye West to Donald Trump and golf balls with swastikas on to throwing money over Sepp Blatter, was there one that made you particularly nervous that you thought this could either go or could have gone in hindsight horribly wrong? Were you ever scared by any of those pranks you did?
1: Definitely the... Theresa May won, because I thought when I gave her the P45 at the Tory party conference, I thought there would be like a strict set rule that the snipers have, because there's snipers all around on buildings and stuff, that if you get within a certain distance of the prime minister, who'll have some code name like uh, useless fuck, um, <laughs> the, <laughs> uh, um, That that they that that they will, you know, take you down. They'll taser you, they'll shoot you, they'll rugby tackle you. Turns out if they did, they didn't implement it that day. <laughs> so I was genuinely concerned that I was about to get uh, something happen to me that moment just before then. Yeah.
0: Oh, and even more so than Trump, because I mean, there is no doubt his security are definitely carrying weapons.
1: Oh my God, yeah. They told me guns were drawn then and there were snipers there. I think probably the difference with that one, was I didn't have the headspace to think about it. Because whereas the Theresa May one, I was actually going, okay, I'm here. This is it. It can happen now for a good 30 seconds, (laughs) which in (laughs) stunt terms is long. Whereas the Trump one, because I didn't know exactly what he was going to do, where he was going to be, whether I was going to be able to get close, whether I was going to get rumbled, I didn't have headspace to think, what could the consequences be? So right. that's probably why. But yeah, his security was certainly more. I mean, he had the CIA, FBI, Secret Service, the, all, all the police, his bodyguards. Yeah, so, too many. It's like when you get around three players, it's easier than one. They all don't know what they're doing. You know?
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, I can see that being scary. I, am I right in thinking they, since what you did at the Tory party conference, because you actually followed all the legit like requirements to be there. They had yeah, to yeah, change yeah, yeah, it yeah, because yeah. They, it was like a, A freaking loophole in
1: the system. Yeah. It's one of the boxes. Are you going to stunt the Prime Minister now? (laughs) (laughs) Impenetrable.
0: Oh, uh, wonderful stuff. Simon, that is it. Your taxi has arrived to ferry you back to reality. But before you go, let's recap your perfect night out at the cinema. So you have gone to the cinema with your (laughs) therapist at... Six in the evening, you are sitting in the VIP seat, having actually just bought a ticket for a regular seat. You are having a large mixed popcorn and three scoops of ice cream in a, I'll say it quietly because your kids are there, upgraded ice cream cone. You are screening the trailer for Avatar 2, The Way of Water. Then you're screening a double bill of Lehane, followed by Whiplash. Simon, thank you for taking us on a trip to the movies. Have you had a good time? An amazing time.
1: Gutted, it's over. Nine, I said 8.45, didn't I, coming out? Yep. So I'm going to go for some Japanese now.
0: Oh, lovely. Lovely. That sounds delicious. Uh, anything in particular? A bit of sushi?
1: Yeah, just some classics. Um, just, yeah, lovely, some miso soup, some... Um, I like the bits, you know, you get loads of different... For someone like me who's not very decisive, mm. um, as we found out over this seven-hour <laughs> special, um, it's great, you get lots of little bits. and You don't just commit to one thing, it's great. Wonderful, it's been an absolute pleasure. Joy, and I'd be, I would be remiss not to ask people to join me in theatres, not cinemas, but theatres around the UK on my on my tour, which we talked about at the beginning. It's a screwed-up tour, and it's, um, um, yeah, I, I can't wait to get out there from February. So I will see everyone there, and you can have a go at me for not liking superhero movies or tell me <laughs> what I missed.
0: Can you imagine if your screwed up tour just becomes a lot of angry fanboys going? Yeah, yeah, we actually came because we heard what you said about Avengers. So that's why we're here. All your heckles are related to the intricacies of the Marvel Cinematic Universe.
1: As long as they paid for their ticket, I'm delighted (laughs) to see them. (laughs) And no, they can't grab a VIP seat because I'm on to them. All right. (laughs) So the screwed up tour,
0: uh, it starts in February. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I just had the, um, pe- it, it's only been to Edinburgh. The Fringe right. Festival launched it there and now there's the tour off the back of that from February, yeah.
0: Wonderful. So it's a Screwed Up Tour. Tickets on sale now from all good ticket-based websites. Yeah, baby, simonbrodkin.com. Uh, thank you again, mate, and have a lovely rest of your evening. Likewise, my friend, really okay. nice one. Thanks for having me. And as Simon's cab carries him away from our virtual cinema off into the distance, it's your chance to win a pair of tickets for a night out at a very real Odeon cinema. As I said at the start, the lovely people at Odeon have given us a pair of tickets to give away every week. If you'd like the chance of getting these tickets, all you have to do is leave us a review of the show or a comment on our socials. You can leave a review on whichever podcast platform you use, be it Apple Podcasts or other, or you can get in touch on our socials, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. Where we're at, trip to movies pod. The competition is only open to UK residents, and the tickets exclude Odeon Leicester Square and Odeon Lux. And just before I say my final farewell for this episode, don't forget you can find the full ad-free video interview for the lovely Simon Brodkin and indeed every guest we've had on our A Trip to the Movies Patreon, as well as early access to the podcast too. And if you'd like to get a taste of those video interviews, subscribe to our Trip to the Movies YouTube channel. And that really is it. I'll be back next week when another guest takes us on A Trip to the Movies.